So, hello again to Roy's Rocket Radio. This is episode 40, recorded on Sunday, the 11th of May 2014. And it's good to be back, but barely back. This was such an unbelievably hectic week, weekend, hours, minutes, days. Every bit of this last week has been hectic that I almost never managed to put together the show. But here I am, and we'll just get on with the news and then get on with the main part of the show. But anyway, it's good to be back. Glad to... Well, I hope someone out there is listening. Uh, So here we go with the news. And last week, as you may have noticed if you've been reading my Twitter feed, that I totally missed Star Wars Day. Uh, yeah, last Sunday was May the 4th, which was Star Wars Day, did you get it? May the 4th, May the Force. But who knew? Well, not me apparently, but the rest of the planet did seem to know. Um, and, and look at the irony, I'm a sci-fi fan doing a podcast on star wars day and being a star wars fan had no idea if it even existed but then i suppose it's a community thing and i'm more interested in the product itself rather than the community around it so that's my excuse anyway yeah my excuse is misanthropy okay uh next bit of news Uh, i said during the week that or uh, I think I even said last week that there'd be a Game of Thrones catch-up this week, but again, no time, so I'm terribly sorry about that. But we will have an extended show next week where we will be talking about everything that's been happening in Game of Thrones, and that will be from the beginning to tomorrow's episode. We'll talk about all those things, and we'll talk about that next Sunday. Promise this time. Uh, last bit of news, StarAdventurer.com is undergoing a rebuild at the moment. If you remember last year, I tried to launch uh, a science fiction, well, a genre fiction magazine. And the idea was to draw in new writers who would publish uh, short fiction uh, they would retain their own copyright, uh, they wouldn't be paid, but it would all promote the work of up-and-coming writers, uh, not least including myself. That was a complete and resounding <laughs> failure, probably because my uh, lack of marketing experience and getting word out to the right people. But it is undergoing a rebuild and it will come back, but perhaps not quite in the same form as last time. Last time it was purely a written fiction magazine. This time it's going to be kind of an all-round genre news site and aggregator. Although people can submit bits of fiction fiction if they are still interested. Uh, So that's StarAdventure.com. You can... If you go there, the domain is working. It's just that it's being built, so there's not much to look at. Um, I'm playing around with trying to build a uh, an HTML5 
radio station into the site, <laughs> but that's um, that that might have to wait a bit. But yeah, uh, hopefully that will be back soon. And if you want to contribute, just drop me a line. Uh, yeah, drop me a line to well, uh, go to staratventura dot com and click on the contact tab, and there will be a feedback form. Okay, and that's it for news this week. We're doing well because we've only wasted about four minutes and we're straight into the te- uh, the main section of the show where we are continuing to talk about Doctor Who in our Doctor Who marathon where we go from the very first episode of the TV show to the very last episode that's been aired as a sort of prelude to... Peter Capaldi taking over the mantle of glory later this year. If we get time, we I, I would also like to cover the f- few movies there have been and the specials. Uh, I'm not, not quite sure how many specials there have been, but I know there have been three movies. There were the two Amicus movies and the one uh, with... Oh, no, I can't remember the guy's name. Paul McGann, I think. Yeah, Paul McGann. Much underrated movie, in my opinion. Okay, so this week we are still with the first Doctor. We're now in Series 2, and we're in the fourth adventure, entitled The Romans. This is a four-part adventure, and it was broadcast from the 16th of January to the 6th of February, 1965. The writer is Dan Spooner, the director Christopher Barry, producer Verity Lambert, cast William Hartnell as a Dr. Jacqueline Hill as Barbara Wright, William Russell as Ian Chesterton, and Maureen O'Brien as Vicky. So, let's get straight on with the synopsis. So, the team crash in the TARDIS sideways. Uh, You know, it, it brings to mind those episodes of the first Star Trek series where uh, they would have that effect of the bridge shaking but people would just run from side to side and that's the kind of primitive effect that you can expect in some of the Doctor Who's and that's kind of what happens. Anyway as I said the the TARDIS crashes as usual and when this happens there's an abrupt cut in the film I think maybe they lost a bit of footage there. Anyway, the next thing we know is that the team are dressed as Romans and luxuriating in a Roman villa. No idea whose villa, but it comes fully equipped with grapes and wine and togas and chaise lounges. I expect uh, the bit of film that got cut would have explained how they got to be in that situation. Okay, so while they're resting and relaxing and enjoying the villa, the Doctor starts to get itchy feet and decides that he wants to visit Rome. And he picks... Well, Vicky says, Oh, Doctor, can I come? And the Doctor enthusiastically agrees that Vicky can come with her. But when the doc, when the others, when Ian and Barbara... Uh, ask the doctor to come along in him, he refuses. And what I think is going on is that Vicky's sort of now his sur- surrogate uh, 
granddaughter now that Susan uh, has been left uh, behind on Earth in a different time stream to make a life with David. And I think we talked about that last week. So having Vicky around does make him feel, I don't know, happier, I suppose. And he is very good with Vicky. He's much more tolerant with the younger teenage Vicky than he is with uh, with especially Ian um, and to a lesser extent Barbara. So he so he and Vicky set off on a journey and almost immediately come across a dead musician. Well, a musician who's been murdered and stuffed into some bushes by the side of the road. He picks up the lyre that the musician has dropped and is almost immediately mistaken for that same dead musician who apparently is a famous Greek lyre player and singer. Bard, I suppose. They are then escorted to Nero's imperial palace in Rome. So that's a period of Rome we're at. Uh, It's Nero's reign. Or, or misrule, I suppose. And meanwhile, back at the villa, Barbara and Ian are, so, are kidnapped and sold into slavery. Barbara becomes a chambermaid for Nero's wife, and Ian ends up as a galley slave. Unlucky old Ian. The team, as usual, inadvertently inveigle themselves into the usual convoluted machinations Vicky getting involved with the official poisoner of Rome, and that's actually a title, (laughs) and Barbara ends up having to fend off Nero's amorous advances. Ian does eventually escape the galleys, but is recaptured in another fit of bad luck, and goes all gladiator, a bit like Russell Crowe. Finally, after setting fire to Nero's plan for a new Rome, which the Doctor does to, I I think the idea is to distract Nero so that he can escape, and he he takes out a pair of spectacles, uh, which are obviously um, something not from that time period, probably from his own, and uses the sun to magnify the ray and burns a hole into a map, which sets fire to this plan that Nero has of Rome. And Nero's very angry and the doctor narrowly escapes being executed for doing this. But at that very moment, it also inspires Nero to burn the city of Rome to the ground. Which is what he did according to legend. And it probably is a legend, I'm sure he didn't really burn the city to the ground. As Rome burns, both the Doctor and Nero giggle quite disturbingly. By this time, Ian and Barbara have returned to the villa... Ian rescuing Barbara from her position at the court of Nero and um, avoiding being killed in gladiatorial combat. So Ian and Barbara get back to the villa first and then a bit later on the Doctor and Vicky do the same. 
and they all reunite at the villa for a last bit of last minute R&R and return to the TARDIS to continue their increasingly chaotic adventures. Uh, right, so... Yeah, and actually the bit that I left out is I told you that Ian and Barbara got to the villa before the Doctor and they got a chance to rest in their robes again back into their, uh, sorry, their toga and drink some wine and fall asleep. And when the Doctor and Vicky come back, they wake up and Ian starts to tell the Doctor what happened you know, his extremely traumatic and trying adventures. And the Doctor kind of thinks he, he's had too too much wine and doesn't believe a word he says. Uh, that must have been really, really annoying for um, Ian and Barbara. I don't, I, sometimes I really don't know how they put up with him. So my view of this story is that it's the tone of this adventure was a slightly uneasy mixture of Gladiator meets Up Pompeii slash A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Though it predates both those films by a good many years. And actually, now that I mention it, if you haven't watched those two films, I, I highly recommend them. They're very funny. Up Pompeii is a spin-off movie of the TV series by Frankie Howard. It was made in 1971, and I could devote an entire podcast just to that movie. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum, I think is a bit later, and it stars a young Michael Crawford, the guy who plays Frank Spencer, and some others do have them. And I think Zero Mostel as well. Uh, but of the two, Up Pompeii is the better one. Oh, and back to Doctor Who. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it did seem a strange mixture of serious and, and very funny. But perhaps that's quite befitting considering it is the Roman Empire that we're talking about. But all in all, at least it wasn't overly long. It's only a four-parter, and it was entertaining. There are some great quotes said, uh, spoken during the adventure, and my favourite that I tweeted earlier is a line that could have come right out of Frankie Howard's Up Bombay. And this is when Nero says to Barbara... Close your eyes and Nero will give you a big surprise. <laughs> I'm quite surprised they got away with that in, in a children's program. And this was a long time before Tom Baker got away with a whole bunch of different uh, things that would never have been allowed earlier on. Okay, so you got the double entendre there, but what what Nero was actually referring to was that he wanted to give Barbara a nice bracelet. <laughs> no, that's not, that, yeah, I I really mean a nice bracelet. I mean a physical gold type bracelet you put around your wrist, not anything else. Okay, we also get a glimpse in this adventure of the Doctor's formidable combat skills and what 
presumably will later become Pertwee's Venusian Jiu-Jitsu. When the Doctor enthusiastically trounces a would-be assassin. He does seem to really enjoy and be become invigorated considering his um he has the appearance of a man in his you know late 70s early 80s he really does knock seven bells out of his uh, assassin and what else can i t- tell you about this adventure ah yes there's another very very funny scene towards the end when the Doctor is forced to play the liar, and of course he hasn't got a clue how to play the thing. So what he does is he plays, in inverted commas, an entirely silent piece on the liar for the Court of Nero, which apparently can only be appreciated by the most those with the most refined of musical tastes. In other words, musical connoisseurs. So, predictably, they're all a bunch of snobs, and not one of them cops to not hearing a thing. In fact, they all pretend that it's the best piece of music that they've ever heard in their lives. Later, the Doctor tells Vicky that it was a variation of a tale that he originally told a man called Hans Anderson. Obviously a reference to Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, The Emperor's New Clothes. When reunited at the end of the adventure, as I said before, the Doctor doesn't believe uh, a word of Barbara and Ian's adventure and puts it down to too much wine. Uh, And yeah, yeah, I've already said that, It, it is terribly annoying. Okay, I think I've repeated myself a bit during that last bit. Well, never mind. Goes to show that you you can never have too many good notes, or bad notes as the case may be. Okay, uh, right, so on to the next adventure that I watched over the last week. And that was the next in the series, so that would be... We're still the first Doctor, Series 2, and it's Adventure 5, The Web Planet, a six-parter, originally broadcast from the 13th of February to the 20th of March, 1965. The writer this time is Bill Strutton, the director, Richard Martin, producer, Verity Lambert, and as we mentioned before, William Hartnell as a Doctor, Jacqueline Hill as Barbara Wright, William Russell as Ian Chesterton and Maureen O'Brien as Vicky. So straight into the synopsis. This time our team land on a misty, cold and hostile looking world called Vorbis. The team then become involved in a sort of sentient insect civil war between the good guys, led by the bumblebee-like winged Menoptera, who are a group of high-tech exiles returning home with a fleet to free their planet. And they are fighting against the big, scary, ant-like Zabi, who are controlled by the evil arachnid mastermind Animus. 
And, of course, with the Doctor's help, Animus is, in due course, defeated. Um, and this time, he's defeated in a spectacular uh, death, with smoke billowing out of his arachnid corpse. And then the planet begins its journey back to peace. The team leave their friends celebrating their freedom. So it's all fairly hectic at the beginning, and it ends up with a happy ending at the end. Now, that's a pretty short synopsis, and I've got a lot to say on this, so I'll... Okay, my view on this adventure is that there really is a lot going on in the story. And I do wish I had paid closer attention. My only excuse is I watched this over a very busy week. And it is something I'd like to come back to at some stage, because the dialect in places is beautifully poetic. There are, in fact, a smattering of lovely soliloquies spoken throughout the adventure by the graceful Monoptera. Admittedly, there are also many, many occasions when you will laugh yourself silly at the pantomime-like costumes of the insectoid creatures. The Zabi, for instance, occasionally look a little ridiculous with their dragging abdomens bumping uncomfortably on the studio floor. And we also meet some other insects later on who move by hopping. All I can say is don't be drinking something like a huge bucket of pot while watching this because you will choke with laughter. But if you can get past the costumes and the cheap set designs and lose yourself in the drama, it is good and worthwhile and continues with the theme of looking beyond the skin of a truly alien but fascinating culture. Now, I've put a note at the end of my notes to remind me to tell you guys, especially if you're Alan Dean Foster fans, that this episode will appeal to you. If you know Alan Dean Foster's writing, you'll know a period of his writing where he's done a bit of world building and created an entire civilization called the Umanx Commonwealth. And in that civilization, humans and sentient insectoids get on quite well. And if you're a fan of those books, I'm pretty sure you'll, as I am, I'm pretty sure that you'll love this adventure the other, the other thing is, um, I said I was a bit distracted while watching this, but there is, a, there is another problem with it in that there are some rough cuts between scenes with missing parts of uh, particular programmes, and I think this was one of the damaged adventures. I'm not quite sure, but I'll find out when I watch it again. But yeah, do do look out for the or or do listen out for the lovely pieces of dialogue. 
Okay, so that's it for the two adventures that I watched this week. So I watched The Romans and The Web Planet. And next week we'll be continuing with our Doctor Who marathon and we'll also have a more extended show when we will talk about, at long last, we'll have a... Uh, a recap of all the events that have happened on Game of Thrones so far. So look out for that one next Sunday. I hope you enjoy the show. Sorry it's a bit briefer than usual. Let's just hope that my week will be a little less hectic and I'll have more time to talk to you guys next week. So... This was Roy's Rocket Radio, recorded on Sunday the 11th of May 2014, and this was episode 40. Thanks for listening. Bye!